0: As an 11-year-old, I had a simple answer. One night through the walls, I heard my parents fighting. This wasn't a one-time fight. This was actually a really frequent occurrence. But I remember this night so vividly. They were fighting about money as I lay in bed, and they thought that my sister and I were probably asleep. I felt so much fear, so much uncertainty, what was going to happen, and I felt out of control. And what I now know is, this is one of my early memories of becoming a fixer. And not just a fixer, but a quick fixer. Because I jumped to the solution rapidly. I didn't realize back in 1983 that what I was feeling was vulnerability. I talk about it here all the time, uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk. The emotional exposure back then was the shame of not having the money, right? The shame of not being good enough like other people. There was so much about that. The shame of losing face in front of others. And it really wasn't my problem to solve. I was 11 years old. My, my problem to solve was to go to sleep, go to school, go to swim practice, be kind to my sister. Those were the things that I was supposed to be working on. But I had this quick, simple solution because often we go to these simple answers. When life is not that simple, there's a whole bunch of variables. But my 11-year-old self had a quick, simple solution. I knew how to solve this problem. My solution was grow up, become a lawyer, and make a lot of money so I can have the security so I'd never feel not safe because of lack of money. I thought once I solve this money problem, life will be easier. I will feel safe. I won't have any problems. Well, my friends, what I know now is life does not get easier. (laughs) There's different types of ease, right? And I often say I live an amazing life and there are shit shows everywhere. That happens week to week. That can happen in a day. There can be great moments and difficulties, and, you know, I've shared in 2024 of how I've had a tremendous loss to move through and there've been some beautiful moments and hard moments and grief that still comes up and tremendous joy and gratitude. So I feel all the feelings. I'm like the rainbows, right? Like the color of the rainbow, all the colors, including the black and the, and the sadness. What I was trying to do that I didn't realize was I was hoping to solve for the pain and suffering I was feeling that night. And that plan made me feel better because it was the certainty of, oh, if I become a lawyer, I'll make a lot of money and then I won't have these problems. And it was about being in control. There wasn't a question of, did I want to be a lawyer? Do I know what they do? And I mean, what 11 year old knows. Do they really make a lot of money? Would that really solve the problem? It was, here's the answer. And how often do we do that as adults? This was my 11 year old self. I found myself doing that as an adult throughout my life, or my clients will do that. we Will future fake ourselves? Because that plan, that promise, you've heard me call it a promise, is something that will help numb that pain that we're feeling versus leaning into it. There was so much shame in my house that was filling our house, right, from this lack of money. And the people I loved were not getting along and blaming each other. And I really believed And I believed this for decades, not just at 11. I believe that's at 21, at 31. And somewhere around there, I started to stop, believe it, because I realized you could have the money and still have the problems. I thought lack of money was the root problem. And if I could solve for that, I'd be okay when I grew up. And I wouldn't have any issues and life would be easier and I would be happier. Think about your own life. How often have you told yourself some sort of future fake story that you believed was real? And it was a promise you made to yourself about this happily ever after. But is it? Did it really become? Well, as I've often shared here on the show, whether it's on my own monologues like today's show or with guests on the show, life doesn't become easier. That's the truth. That's the reality. And what I mean by this is that. I think we've been trying to bypass vulnerability, right? The uncertainty, emotional exposure, and risk by having achievement, money, status, or positioning, thinking that once we obtain one of those things, we'll be safe, life will be great. But what I know is that as we continue on with life, there's some things that are easier. Having a dishwasher can be easier to get a whole bunch of dishes done. But then there's other things that, take up making life harder. And that may have been a poor metaphor, but that's an example. It's not like, oh, we have all these household appliances that reduce our work and so then there's less work to be done. We find up other space of things to do. So now if you're a parent with kids at home, You may not be doing all the household chores that maybe your parents did, but your life is filled with probably sports and activities and really busy carpool schedules and then demanding work and not having the boundaries of work, being at work because you have a phone that you're tied to and plugged in on. So this is this idea of like, oh, life becomes easier, but because we don't have to do these household responsibilities, but then we fill it up with other challenges. And this is a really important concept for us all to grasp. So here's the thing. Vulnerability is a part of life. And for us to lean into that it is the pathway to what we want, whether it's meaningful work or connected relationships or both. It doesn't have to be an either or. Right, so often with my clients, it's like they they love working, they love doing what they're doing, and working is so hard because there's humans, and we're all bringing all of our stuff to work. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that we all have stuff that we need to unlearn, right? And we have things that we've learned how to do of maybe not how to work well with others that we've been so subconscious about, and we show up and we don't work well with others in the workplace right? Which then creates a ripple effect. Those of you in work environments can probably identify with this, right? Or we're going through life and, you know, we have a family member going through a really hard thing and it's really hard to not have that pain as we go into our workday. So vulnerability is part of life and we can try, like what I was trying to do as an 11 year old was get rid of that vulnerability by thinking once I'm a lawyer and I make a lot of money, I'll live happily ever after. Well, I coach a lot of lawyers and I can tell you this, they've not come to me because they were living happily ever after. So that is a myth that we all tell ourselves about once we get somewhere, then we'll be living happily ever after. And then let's talk about money. So we all know that I didn't grow up to be a lawyer, (laughs) not a lawyer, but I coach a lot of lawyers. I've had a lot of clients that are lawyers. You know, I coach high performers and high achievers and those people tend to become lawyers. And the other thing I know about being a lawyer is it doesn't mean safety or financial freedom. Lawyers worry about, will they have their billable hours? Will they find enough client work? Will they make partner? You know, will they work hard enough to make partner and then find out that somebody else who had less billable hours made partner and they didn't? These are all scenarios. The range of compensation amongst lawyers is great. It's huge. Right? There's not one standard fee. There's some lawyers that make have a lot of zeros, and there's some lawyers that have less zeros. There's a range. It's all a continuum. And here's the thing. Once you hit a certain level of finances, making more money doesn't actually make things better, nor is it usually the root of the problem. Even for my parents, that wasn't the root of the problem the, the money was really the symptom of what was going on in their relationships and then also really within themselves. You can make $100,000 a year and not have enough money. And definitely, if you live in certain cities in the United States, $100,000 a year, you're on the poverty line, right? Or you can live in some communities and make $100,000 a year and be having a grand old time. You can also make a million dollars a year and not have enough money. And that whole concept is a whole nother podcast episode that I'll be doing at some time. Now, here's the thing. I don't have the money problems my parents have. And by not having that, and that was a huge goal of mine to not have what my parents had in terms of financial complications. It didn't make my life easier in that life was on easy street, right? I have a lot of choice when it comes to finances. I have a lot of choice of what to do with the money. But just like the dishwasher analogy or the home, you know, the household chores and then taking away that, filling it up with other things that create difficulties and obstacles, that's exactly what happened, right? So there's still heartaches, there's still obstacles. And I always like to look at heartaches and obstacles as things to overcome. Sometimes I sit in and I dwell in it, right? I really lean into it and I feel it. I cry a lot about it, like I shared in the last month about my own personal loss. There's heartache and obstacles, and I really believe it's about overcoming them and how do we rise up and evolve. So that's the truth. We may try to future fake ourselves. And maybe it's also part of the cultural programming, right? Like I talk about the, the fairy tale endings or the rom-coms, or we want that happily ever after ending that we've been so culturally programmed to have. And I've been a part of that, like, especially in the early years with the shows. Like, I really wanted to show people what was possible. And it was like, okay, once we can get here, then life is going to be grand. And we can get there, and life can be grand. And there can still be shit shows. And that's the thing about being the leader of your life and being a leader in general, is having the capacity to deal with wonderful things and really gut wrenching things, sometimes in the same month, the same week or even in the same day. I had a client today, the week that she's had has been tremendously anguishing, right? And it's a lot. And the only thing that we can do in those times is really take care of ourselves so that we can get through it. So life doesn't become easier. It doesn't mean that we need to give up or become hopeless. It's just really important for us to realize and recognize that life doesn't become easier and we can become stronger to handle it. Life is full of beauty and obstacles. And it's so important to identify with that and understand that instead of believing that it's all going to be better in the future. And when do we get there? And it's going to be the promised land. I've talked about this before, use different terminology, but it's so important for us to talk about each week. My clients go through the ebbs and flow of life. And I have the huge privilege to hold space for humans where they show the messy, they share it of what's going on. On the outside, or if you're in their day to day lives, you may think, wow, they've got this, they're set. They're this person, they've got this status, they make this much money, they have these pictures on Instagram, whatever, and they're not even trying to be inauthentic they have really grand lives, some of them. They're living the life that they wanted. They're they're in that field. And it's hard. And that's why I feel so compelled to talk about this. Because I think it's so important to know that those people out there that you may be admiring, and they could be your good friend, your best friend, there's some sort of heartache that they're also maybe going through. And maybe not today, but it's coming. And this is the truth. No one Is safe from the vulnerabilities of life. As much as we may try to engineer the vulnerability out of our life, like my 11-year-old self did with my plan, Corinne, become a lawyer, make a lot of money, (laughs) you won't have any problems. I adore her so much. It was a simple answer for a very complicated situation. There are still hard things we all go through. No one, and I mean no one, gets a free pass now, here's another example in a different arena. Parenting. If you choose to have kids, it really doesn't get easier. <laughs> parenting, I often say, is the hardest thing that I do. And I love my kids. And it's the hardest thing. And it challenges me. And I've had to dig deeper on myself and learn and grow and move through the shame storms. And and we're in a pretty good place right now. But man, it has been hard. And I've been parenting for decades now. And often I feel like a newbie because every year they get older and I'm like, oh, this may be my first time I'm doing this. What's the right answer? Or is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. See, I'll let judgment in there. Not great questions. The vulnerability is there in parenting, right? These are people that I love. There's tremendous risk. There's uncertainty, there's emotional exposure. There's so much as they get older that I'm out of control of. And yes, these days, I'm not exhausted by the day-to-day, minute-to-minute parenting. But holy moly, parenting adult children has a whole other set of issues that myself and my friends are stunned by. We, we have some friends that we were in playgroups together with. I mean, our daughters were like six weeks old. And one of my friends, he said to me, he goes, man, when I see parents with kids, little kids, I'm thinking, those are the great days (laughs) because parenting these 20-year-olds will take your breath away, right? And I just remember thinking, gosh, if they could just get to sleep, life will be so much easier. Or if they just, you know, I can't wait till they can put on their shoes and life will be so much easier. These are the lies that I told myself honestly, Bernie Brown calls them confabulations, right? The lies that we tell ourselves honestly. And I did that through the parenting years. it was the earliest like, okay, once I get through here, it'll be easier. Once we get to out of preschool and into kindergarten, it'll be easier. Oh, once we get to full day of first grade, it'll be easier. Once we get to fourth grade, when it's a longer school day, it will be easier, right? I'm thinking more and more space that I got would make it easier. But then there were other challenges because it wasn't just school. It was the activities. It was the friend drama. It was the lunch. It was, do we let them bike to school by themselves? It was how many sports to do. It was, well, these parents let them watch, you know, PG-13 movies, and we only let them watch PG movies because they're 10 or 9. It didn't get easier. So let's stop telling ourselves confabulations, lies that we're telling ourselves honestly. While I love not having to put on shoes on my kids. Her children out the door in the morning, buckle them in. Oh, I remember just being like, I can't wait till one day I don't have to do this. Doing all the carpooling, the sports, the activities, the busyness with a household of children. Parenting's not easier. It's different. I don't have those hardships, but I have different things that are challenges. And it's different. And there's joyful moments. And there's heartaches. There were nights where sleeping was a struggle, and I thought once they would sleep through the night and stop waking me up, I wouldn't have better sleep in menopause, and then I have adult children. And here's the other side. Because I know that life isn't easy, because I know it's not supposed to be easier, I have been so much more deliberate in truly appreciating the moments of joy, of connection, of beauty, of the things that... I thought we're going to be a standard of everyday living, (laughs) realizing that still the roller coaster, right? I don't have to get on the roller coaster, but really recognizing these moments. Last night we were out of town and our daughter reached out to us because she realized we were out of town. And she's like, Hey, would you like to come over and have dinner with me? She's in college and she's looking for a meal and possibly some connection. And so we took her and her roommate, who's also a teammate, out to dinner and it was so fun and we laughed we had a great time. It was the dream, right? When she was 16, 17, 18 and thinking of her going off to college and who would she become and the friends that she would have and the confidence that she would have, it boiled down into that moment and the, the laughter and joy and the ability to be together without snarkiness or her getting upset with me. It was the dream it was such a delightful unexpected gift that i didn't know leaving in the day early in that morning that that was going to be how our day ended and she was so happy and it was so delightful and i don't have the magical thinking that today she's happy or next week she's going to be happy or it's only going to continue to get better because life is up and down and all around but i really took notice in it and i really enjoyed it and it was such a beautiful evening and it was so much fun And we got into the car. I said to my husband, I said, I think she's really happy. And he said, yeah, you know, it's really nice to see her happy. And it's been this turbulent, wild ride through university and being a collegiate athlete and all the stuff that she does. But last night was a beautiful moment. And so when you do have those moments, I invite you to really take it in, take it in be with it, be present, share that story because we often share their pain and our anguish, but really take in the joy. And I get it. Joy is the most vulnerable feeling to feel, right? We don't want to feel vulnerable, but it's so important that we fill ourselves up with those good things because it gives us more resilience for those anguish and difficult things. And yesterday was a difficult day because I'll just share with you, the day started with going to the funeral of the person that I lost and being back with a lot of old, old friends that I hadn't seen in some for like over 20 some years. So that's the idea of having the ability to hold difficult things and beautiful things all in one day. It was a really hard day. And then to be able to end it, being with my daughter and her friend and my husband and us being able to support her and having a great time. Sitting around talking, that's what I like to do. And I know, and this is really important because I've watched parents say, oh, it's only going to continue to get better and better when this good day happens. I'm also not willing to take that ride either because I also know that it could be better and it could be difficult. And what I know is we will figure our way through it. We'll move through it. We'll be together. I'll walk alongside her. Hopefully, she'll walk alongside me, but we'll move through it. And before my daughters went off to school, I mistakenly thought it would be easier. I had that magical thinking. And I didn't realize that the college years would be difficult in a different way. I had these expectations of how it was going to be and, you know, I sent off my bonus daughter to college, and then you know thousands of swimmers through the years to college. I was in the college system for a long time as a coach or a teacher. So these expectations of what it's going to be. And I remember when COVID happened and my youngest was a senior in high school thinking, okay, I don't know if she'll ever have the college experience that I had. I didn't know. And she never lived in the dorms. Right. She was one of that, that class that she just didn't live in the dorms and she had an apartment, but, and she's had this experience with things that have been amazing as well as like stuff that's been so hard that I never had to deal with and who she's become in the process has blown my mind and taken my breath away for both of them. But I remember at those anguish filled moments thinking like, Oh, that dream that I had for them may not be possible. And I remember shifting it and saying to somebody, it's now about who did they become in these anguished knee to the ground moments in man have they risen. And it's again, not what I thought the journey was going to be. I thought they're going to go off to school. I'm going to have a grand old life and it's going to be fantastic and easy. And what I now know is these last six years have given me more strength-building opportunities and I knew that I had. I've learned more about myself, become more trusting of myself. I have a support team for me that is incredible. My daughters each have their own support team, and we have each other. And that is what we, how we've made it through. And we are stronger. I'm not saying that I would want to go through it again. Who we've become in this process is something that I am proud of. And I'm grateful for. So being easier would not have allowed us to have that experience. And I'm not going to go looking for hard just to look for hard to have the experience. It'll come. It'll come. So that easier belief actually creates pain because at first I was arguing with reality. I went into shame thinking when all the stuff was happening and the bad things were happening, right? Not really the COVID stuff, but there were other things that my kids went through. Because, you know, I went back to like, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. You know, I have that old limiting belief of I'm a loser from loser street. And while that belief has pretty much gone down to rest, there was like a cousin of that belief. It was another limiting belief, but it was like a cousin. It was like, oh, I haven't done a good enough job preparing my kids. Or of course this is happening because there's something wrong with me or wrong with us or wrong with our family right? So it's a cousin. It's not the loser from loser street, but like it's another variation that popped up. And there's lots of over-identification of this and lots of the old shame and old identity stuff that came back to the surface as we were going through things. So life doesn't become easier and it's not supposed to, right? We don't need to go looking for the hard, but life has its challenges. And I do have that sign that says "We can do hard things," and my daughter got me a shirt that says "We can do hard things" because sometimes we needed to remember that life isn't always easy. What I now know as a fifty-year-old woman and a mom of two daughters who are going through this college process, and at the end of this year, both of them will be college graduates. Well, one's already a graduate; she's doing a sixth year, competing in post-bachelor program. But is that even though I've overcome so much? of my own money mindset stuff and my limitations from my childhood, life doesn't get easier. And that's okay. Because I'm strong, I'm resilient, I'm determined, I'm resourceful, I have support, and there's so much beauty also in my life. And like I said, there are things that are easy, right? Our bills are paid without duress, which is very different than my parents. We have tremendous choice in how we want to spend our money. And there's uneasy because we have the money sometimes saying no to the request because it goes against our values or is not something we would agree with. It does create difficulties, especially when your daughter's friends, parents are willing to say yes to those things to their friends. And we're not, again, it doesn't become easier. Those issues, even as an adult child of, other families being more lenient and us being tougher continues. And while it's hard, especially going through it the first time, as I've gotten more clear about my why and more comfortable about what's okay and what's not okay and trusting myself, it's become easier to handle those objections. So there were things that were hard, and then it's become easier. And then there's other areas, things that become hard, and then it's hopefully overcoming those obstacles becoming easier. But there's always going to be the hard. And then sometimes, and I say sometimes because I don't want to future fake you all, thinking that, oh, this will happen. But sometimes, and it may take a very long time, my kids may actually appreciate that we didn't give in. And I've gotten some of those as well. And. What I now know is, especially that 11-year-old girl, and I can tell her, is that my children, I'm grateful who they've become with money and what I thought as an 11-year-old and where they are in their adult lives. As we age, you may have more choices, more financial freedom, a committed partner, the dreams you pursued in life. And as we get to this point, there are difficulties we didn't imagine or we didn't see coming. For some of us that are in midlife, we may be straddling the difficulties of empty nesting as well as aging parents, right? The loss of family or friends or mentors, maybe our own health crises, jobs. Mm -hmm. There is something that we are going through and life is filled with heartwarming moments, And we need to remember those because there will come a time where we will have knee crushing anguish. Let's stop telling ourselves that one day when we accomplish, you get to fill in the blank of whatever that promise is, life will be easier. There can be areas of ease, and there will be areas that require tremendous strength. Sometimes we are challenged as we may not even know if we have the strength to overcome but i have faith in us we can rise back up from that anguish we can move through the hard moments times of life we can enjoy life we can move forward i have faith in us and it's important to remember that we aren't meant to do it alone on the show here at how she really does it we've received emails and messages over the last 17 years about how this show has helped so many listeners as they were going through difficult times in their lives. These are people that I may never have met. It's unlike my clients who I work with, you know, and walk alongside with, and I know so many aspects of their life. But the listeners here who have said this show has been a resource so they didn't have to go alone. Remember, you have this. This show can be one of your resources. Other resources that you can have are books. They are fantastic. Reading other people's stories to, again, realize you aren't alone and no need to self-identify as, I had that bad things were happening because I was a loser from loser street, right? Realizing like, oh, I'm not the only one. That's common humanity, which is an attribute to compassion. Another resource is music. The one upside, and this is really a reach, but it is an upside, from COVID was, during that period of COVID, was my return to music. I finally gave myself permission to have space to listen to music, and I am so grateful to bring music back into my life. I was too busy for too long, and I didn't allow myself. Music is another form of play. And for me, it's mindful play. And I'm able to sync up to the energy of the music. It's a great way to hear other people's stories and again realize we're not the only one, which again goes back to common humanity. It's a great way to dial up and be able to feel our emotions, whether you need to cry or sing along with joy, right? Really connecting with the emotions. Music is fantastic. So this show, books, music, those are three things that don't require a human to be on the other side, alive and available. These are great things to do, especially in the middle of the night in the darkness of night. Now, the next two involve people, friends, family members, right? It's really important to have friends or family members who are your support. Know what they can do and what they can't. That's really important. I have not gone to this place alone. There are people that I've leaned on, sometimes over leaned on them. Sometimes I was an energy vampire sucking their energy out. Connecting with other humans is partly how we co regulate our emotional resilience. But we have to make sure that we are in this mutuality and it's a relationship, not just being takers. So being really clear what they can do and what they can't. And they may not have. Great boundaries around this because they may have bought into this cultural belief of, well, I'm your best friend. I'm your sister. I'm your mother. I should always be available, but they're totally empty, right? Get really clear because they're not a therapist or a coach and they also have their own troubles. So, friends, family members, mentors are really great resources. The other is professional support. The other day I had a client and she was in a shit show, essentially. She's very overwhelmed, recovering from being ill, very overwhelmed. And she just finally said, Corinne, I don't have anything positive to share. I feel really bad for you because like, all I can do is deal with all this negative stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I have coached her for a long enough time. This isn't, we don't come in like raw, rah. I'm not a cheerleader. We go through the shit shows and the amazing lives, right? She was like, no, this is going to be bad for you. And I said, oh, you don't have to worry about my well-being, right? We have an agreement together. You hire me and she pays money, right? We have an agreement that we work together on and I'm here to support her. That's the mutuality in that relationship, which is different than in a friend or a family member or mentor relationship. My job is to support her. Her job is to let it unpack and not worry. She doesn't have to worry about me or be responsible for me. That is huge freedom. When you know that there's somebody there that you've already agreed to, that they're going to help support you. And she didn't need to feel bad for me. It was okay. I, I have the space and the capacity to do that for her. That's exactly the reason why professional support is such a gift to ourselves. We know that we can come in with our messy selves and maybe we're angry or upset or it's not the best version of ourselves, right? And that often happens. And I adore my clients. They show me the kind of their underbelly, you know, when they get entangled and they just want to be like, let me show you and I'm just going to retaliate, you know, whoever they're dress rehearsing this on. And that's fine. We can all dress rehearse that. (laughs) It's just maybe we don't want to take action on that. And even today I asked a client, I was like, is that in your integrity to behave in that manner, right? And she's like, no. So she worked on a new plan that was actually more in her integrity and less costly to her in the long term. My clients have all sorts of days. You are going to have all sorts of days. And one of the beauties of having professional support is you can unpack it. You can come in feeling really having a lot of shame, anger, resentment, frustration, And what happens in a coaching session with my clients is they unpack it. Maybe they're verbal vomiting. Maybe they're crying. Maybe they're just angry. And then they have some coaching. And then the hope is that they feel better versus being reactive and they're proactive. And they're not entangled in whatever mess that they were in when they came walking into the coaching session. Because here's the thing. We all live in toxic worlds, whether it's in work or home or both. We all have our own history of being hurt, of being grumpy, of having hard things and obstacles, because remember, life isn't easier. (laughs) And so some people are really good at offloading it, and so we're in those environments. And that's why professional support can be helpful. When life doesn't get easier, we can make it easier by having support. I've listed five ways to get support. This show... Books, music, friends, professional support. It's so important and valuable to have a team and resources so you can move through this thing we call life that is filled with challenges, obstacles, hardships, joy, connection, and beauty. Remember, no one gets through for free. And we can go through it with others. And that is how we can recover, move forward, grow with our own self-trust, become stronger, be resilient, connect with ourselves and others. Life doesn't become easier, and we can truly enjoy it and get through those hard things. I have faith in all of us. I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it gonna be there, or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials so Go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting, never been so wild.